Hello and welcome everybody to episode 15 of the podcast. I'm Michael. I'm Noah. And we are the Knights of Entertainment, a podcast covering deep dives into your favorite and unknown comic books, movies, games, and more weekly. We appreciate you tuning in and hope you enjoy the show. This is what we are covering tonight. We got three little uh, bits of cinema today. Avalon, The One, and an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Awesome. But before we do, like, follow, and subscribe to the channel. Now, let's get to into this deep dive. All right. So, let's start with Avalon. I, uh, it's, uh, I caught it on Paramount Plus, if you guys want to check it out. So, basically, it's a 2000, 2001 movie. It's a Japanese-Poland co-production. Hmm. I think Poland wanted to make a movie, but they didn't have the uh, expertise <laughs> behind the scenes, right? So, they right. hired a Japanese film studio to film the back of the, the behind the scenes stuff which uh film house i have no idea i didn't i couldn't read anything <laughs> i had to try to read through all the credits and i was like there was a lot of companies here oh really but a lot of them were like japanese names mm-hmm. but there's only like you know caucasian people in the movie <laughs> so it had to be it, that's my theory is that it's poland wanted to make a movie right but they had to outsource the actual filming the actual film houses to do the work yeah to do the like the they, i guess they had the script mm-hmm. and then they, they just hired some directors and you know they they all the the japanese company just filmed everything and they had their their actors it's the best that i got i I didn't look much into it (laughs) it's uh so 2001 film Uh, it's a dystopian world where it's just like a a shithole to live in like it's just a daily grind from morning to night you work you eat you sleep that's it there's like there's like devoid of emotion in this world so north korea I guess <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> There's a black hole every time the fucking satellite goes over it. Uh, and the only outlet they have for fun is a virtual reality game called Avalon, and uh, it's basically like a like a first person shooter, mm-hmm. but it's virtual reality, so it's like a real first person shooter. And the best players uh, make money off the game. Like, this is 2001. Like, you know, YouTubers haven't uh, been invented yet. Right. Let's play. So this is wild to me. And uh, let me think. Damn it. This is why I always have to get ready. So the best players get paid and they get really famous. And like, this is pretty much all they do is they watch Avalon. This is like their, their, their fucking uh, sports for them. Because there's nothing else. Like, I've, I've watched the movie. There's like nothing else they do. It's like a precursor to esports. Kinda, yeah. Especially like esports, but the, like the society, like it look, it's almost like it's like 1960s mm-hmm. or like right after World War II, where everything's like really like you know low tech. Right. They're trying to rebuild, but then they have this high tech ass virtual reality stuff. Hmm. Like their clothes are old looking, you know. I'm like Jesus. Like, like they live like in a post apocalypse. Kind of like one, like an episode of Stargate or something like that, where they go into a, a world that looks like it's uh, medieval, but they have all the technology still, just slightly. Uh, Oh, yeah, kind of. Slightly updated, though. Like, the, the tech's high-tech in certain parts, but, like, low-tech in, like, r- other parts of life. Right. Okay, so the, the most famous players, they get paid. And they, they're really popular. And uh, one of them is named... Her name is Ash. And she's pretty much the main protagonist of the... Of the well, she's the only protagonist of the, uh, <laughs> the movie. Uh, normally, players uh, work together in teams... Uh, and it's very rare for a solo player to be work playing Avalon, and she used to be part of the team called Wizard, and they were like the the team, no losses ever. 
until they had a single loss and it tore the, the whole team apart. <laughs> like apparently being that good just tore the team apart. Like one tiny loss they couldn't recover from. So the team split up. Ash went on her way and now she's just playing the game uh, by herself. She's warrior class, level like 13. It's really like uh, respectful to the, the, the game mechanics and uh, terminology. Compared to some of the other things that have been made where it's like, eh. Like when they talk about like, you know, hacking and like, you know, hacking computers and it looks yeah. all goofy. It's so stupid. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's basically the, the opening of the, the movie. It's just her uh, playing the game, living her regular life, and then going back to play the game. That's like, the, there's no like, so, so they needed a way to move the plot along. So at a certain point, there's this guy named Stunner who was one of her old teammates from Wizard, who they bump into each other. And he's like, oh, shit, Ash, is that you? He's so happy to see her. And uh, Stutter's just there to move the plot along. He moves the plot twice yeah. in this movie. Uh, the first time they meet, they go out to eat, and they're just eating like this. Like It looks post-apocalyptic. They're, they're like in some uh, dungeon or some cellar. <laughs> Eating fucking, they're getting food out of like a, like, you know, like those old uh, cafeterias. You gotta wait in line, you get your food. They're eating like fucking porridge or something. Uh And uh, Stunner, it's just, he's eating away. (laughs) And, you know, Ash is just there and Stunner's talking. He used to be the thief for the team. Right. And thieves can't play solo. It's like impossible because, you know, they need to, you need to fight. He was just good for scouting and scavenging and taking stuff. So he's been struggling. Uh, like, you know, Ash is famous. She's making all this fucking big bucks. And uh, so he tells them, he, uh, he tells her about uh, Murphy, their old team leader, and now how he's now a uh, unreturned. Unreturns being people that play the game and then their consciousness gets stuck in the game hmm. and their body is just taken to a hospital and they're just lifeless, like a vegetable. It's like Sword Art Online. Yeah, pretty much. Like he's just like they're just all just a bunch of people. She goes to visit Murphy, and they're all just just fucking lifeless. So she's like, uh, he tells her that uh, Murphy was looking for this Easter egg called the Ghost, which is this little girl in the game. That if you find her, and you uh, kill her, you unlock another level, a super secret level in the game that no one's ever been to, or if they have been to it. They never come back. Like right. it's, it's impossible to come back from this level. You have to beat it to get out of this level. So she's like, well, now I got to find out about this uh, extra level. So she starts researching. And uh, she meets um, uh, Stunner two, uh, the second time, right? And it, it's just more little plot movement. And the second time, he's eating again, right? A shitload of food. And I kid you not, they fucking panned in on him eating, right? Like it was three, it was like two, three minutes long. He's <laughs> eating eggs and sausage and fucking hash browns, <laughs> and it was up close on his face. Like, uh. I was like, "Are you fucking?" What? I was so bad because it was not, it would not go away. He's just eating and eating. I'm like, he's the only actor I've ever seen eat that much in a fucking scene. Another, I wonder how many times they made him redo that scene. That's what I was worried about. He's just, he's like slap, and she fucking leaves right after uh, she gets more information about the the Easter egg. Yeah, because uh, she wanted to find out how you activate it. Apparently, you need a bishop on your team to activate it. And she she thought about switching teams or switching classes from warrior to bishop. He's like a bishop to get it to level thirteen. You gotta do you have to do, you have to get twice the XP. Like it's really like game knowledge. I was I liked that that part. 
but I didn't like him fucking stuffing his face. <laughs> and it, I, I should have clipped it for you to watch. He's like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> fucking drooled, ripping out his fucking chin. And then she leaves, right? And he's like, you gonna finish that? Come on, man. And uh, they meet up again in the game, right? And he says the fucking corniest shit. Did you pack a lunch? <laughs> so I was so fucking mad. <laughs> you nasty son of a bitch. Uh, so the best part of this movie for me was that she had this little Ash had this little bloodhound dog that she would come and see him every time she every time she left left uh, Avalon, she'd go home and this little dog was always waiting for her there. He's all excited, like, "Oh, you're back!" You know, little droopy dog. Yeah. And uh, she would feed him, like, pimple-level amount of food. Like a big-ass bowl of food every time that she would see this dog. And at the, this one time when she gets back, she has a, a real meat. Because apparently real food is expensive. Like, she had real... And she was going to cook him some food. She was going to cook him real beef, potatoes, rice, carrots, cabbage, um... Uh, an apple, like she was. This this was like better food than normal people in that world have. And she's cooking it. There was a huge cooking montage, and I'm I had a cooking chub because I, I like the cooking. I like cooking montages when there's no talking. Yeah, just let me see the the food cooking. Everyone be quiet. That's why I can't watch cooking shows. They talk too much. They just cook the food. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> and uh, she's cooking it. I'm watching it. You know, she's putting it in a, a pot to uh, boil. Put it all together. I'm like, God dang, that shit looks delicious. I'll eat it out of that dog bowl too. And she puts it in the dog bowl. And uh, she goes out to give it to the dog. And she looks around. And there's no fucking dog. Hmm. Like the dog's gone. And I'm like, bitch, was that dog even real? Like it went into my head. Yeah. The, 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 the movie's been like hinting at re reality. Right. And I'm like, is bitch, is that dog even fucking real? I was so mad. <laughs> And uh, I, I knew there was something wrong because when she brought the food in that time, the dog was barking, right? And it was you could hear her walking around the, the hardwood floors, but you couldn't see him. Like, the camera was angled just a little bit higher than he would have been. Yeah. The other time you saw him, twice, three times you see this dog. But this last time, all you hear is the barking and the pattering around the foot, the little uh, nail uh, tapping on the hardwood floor. Yeah. But you didn't see the dog, and I was that's kind of fucking weird. I already knew from that moment, like, there's something weird gonna happen, and lo and behold, the dog's not even probably real. Not only that, but she buys some books. She buys like six or seven books, right? And when this guy comes to her apartment to talk to her, because he's the, he's the bishop, and they were gonna team up to find the, the ghost girl, he opens the book and it's fucking blank. I'm like, what? what is happening, right? I'm like, I'm real confused. Yeah. So eventually she does, she goes with the bishop that she meets. And uh, by the way, I, there's a, like a game mechanic where it's always three hits and you beat a boss in certain games. Hmm. I thought that was like a, like, I guess it's always been around because in that, they had to fight a tank and she hit it three times with a rocket launcher in a certain spot and they, uh, the third hit destroyed it. Right. Like three hits like on a Bowser in a Mario game mm -hmm. or like that. Like it's always, that's always been a game mechanic that I've never noticed till recently. Yeah. Like the hit of threes. Uh, so she finds a little girl, kills her, and she goes to the new level called Class... Uh, where is it? Class... What do they call it? Class Real. Now, here's the thing about this fucking movie. 
the whole time the movie has a weird yellow tinge mm-hmm. around it and it started in the game i'm like oh they just have a way to differentiate like it was yellow the screen was yellow I guess they're just differentiating the the, re- the game world from the real world. Right. So the game world it looks it looks terrible too. I'm like, oh my fucking god. And then uh, she gets out of the virtual reality, back to the real world. I'm like, oh, and it's still fucking yellow. Still the same yellow tinge. I'm like, what the fuck? The whole movie has this weird fucking light to it. Right. And I was like, why did they pick this odd uh, filter mm-hmm. for this movie? And it was bothering me the whole movie. And then she gets to class real. She's got a mission to kill somebody in that world, but she's not allowed to kill anyone else in this world. She only has one target. She fails, it's over for her. She succeeds, she can get out of class real. And so she she comes out of this uh, corridor, comes up to the the surface, because I guess it's like below level. Mm -hmm. And she opens the door, and it's fucking our world. Hmm. 2001. Yeah, the light, the filter changes, and it's in color, like it would be, like we're seeing right now. And I'm like, oh, so it was an artistic choice they made, right? To make that shitty ass fucking filter, ninety percent of that movie. <laughs> I give them credit for it, but I'm glad that they, it was their choice, that they didn't think that that was such a good filter that they used in the yeah. whole movie. And it's like now, hundred percent real. The world is now real. So class real, this virtual reality level, is more real than the real world that they live in. Is what it looks like because it's our world. Right. Two thousand one, our world. Right. Not much changing. Not much changed. You know, from those twenty years. Same clothing, cars. I'm like, so it's just our world. And uh, I guess they tried to say that reality is what you make it. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, maybe maybe the whole time it was reality, or they were in a virtual reality. Now this is a real world. But no, when she kills the guy in the class real, he fucking like disintegrates like they do in video games where they disappear. Yeah. So I think shit blew my mind. Like I think it's like everything is virtual reality. Even the real world where she, she thought was a real world, she started hearing like weird like uh, helicopters in her head that wouldn't that would only be in the game, but they were in her the real world. Right. So it, it's like I guess they tried to explain like her reality is what you make it. Mm-hmm. I guess I can't think I've repeated like six times now because I don't know how to explain it. The movie is trippy, and if you want to check it out, go ahead. But I was like, man, this movie. It's fucking odd. So I wonder if the whole thing is is that every bit of it is fake. I guess so. Like the whole thing is all like, you know how there's that um, the the thought or whatever that everything's a simulation. Oh well, if kind of like that type of thing. I guess maybe that's what they were trying to say. Maybe they like the Matrix and they just made a movie off of it. Mm-hmm. But man, it, it was like man, there's a lot of stuff happening in one fucking movie. Uh, they also had at the end of the movie a fucking full on I shit you not orchestra like the whole I had to watch like every time you think it was over they kept going they had it was what the Warsaw Philharmonic Symphony Orchestra Warsaw Philharmonic (laughs) (laughs) Warsaw Philharmonic Choir and the National Choir of Poland they had first violin second violin violas flutes double basses or basses, I don't know what they call it. Basses. Oboes, yeah. cellos, French horns, sopranos, altos, tenors, percussion, clarinets, trombones, trumpets, timpani, tubas, and basses. I'm like, oh my, they had a full-on, that was all in the credits too, a full-on fucking orchestra. And the movie ends with like, uh, I guess they're, because the unreturned never come back to their bodies, mm-hmm. maybe they all just stay in class real. 
Because it's it's much better there than like than the, the fucking dystopia she was living in. Yeah. And uh, this little girl ends up on the stage. The whole orchestra disappears. It's just Ash with a handgun pointing at this little girl on the stage, the ghost girl. And the she, the ghost girl has this. She's uh, she's blue now. And she's giving her this really creepy smile, and that's how the movie ends. Hmm. That's with this girl, the little girl smiling at us, right? Yeah. And she was blue, right? So in my head, they should have ended it with that uh, blue sm- a song. Like, I'm blue. Uh-huh. It's like, I'm blue now. <laughs> that's, how the, that's how the movie, I couldn't help it. That's how the movie ended in my head. <laughs> that's how the movie ended. <laughs> Another weird note before we end on Avalon is uh, I think the director had a foot fetish because uh, right. Ash was barefoot a lot in that movie. Yeah. And there was two scenes of uh, following her from foot level while she's barefoot early in the movie and toward and when she got the class reel. I'm like, the man loves him some feet, but okay. That's- I wonder if it also uh, was a, a foreshadowing that there was no dog there. Um, maybe. Well, no, because her feet are just there in random scenes. Like I'm, I'm saying, was it was it down that low so that way you could see, like the floor level, maybe? Well, the floor level where her feet's at when she like when she escaped when she got out of virtuality the uh, the first time mm-hmm. at the beginning of the movie, you know she she gets off with a little fucking uh, seat she's on and you know she's barefoot walking and you yeah. just follow her feet. Okay, so it doesn't show anything around. So green turn. He's gonna fit fetish probably. But hey, if that's what you, that's it's all you, bro. He wanted to share his finish with the world, you know. Quentin Tarantino, I guess, directed this movie too. <laughs> yeah, that, that would make some sense. And so overall, decent movie, worth uh, the watch. Yeah, go ahead, check it out if you want to. Just you know, don't don't be high while you watch it, or you'll question your whole reality. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now we move on to uh, the one with Jet Li. Like, who hasn't seen the one? Yeah, that was a good movie. Also, two thousand one. I didn't. I didn't plan on it, but it just happened. Huh. You know, you got Jet Li as multiple characters. He plays Gabe Law, Lawless, and Gabriel U Law. You've got Jason Statham with hair, <laughs> with hair, playing uh, Agent uh, Agent uh, Evan Funch, and you've got Delroy, uh, Delroy Lindo as Agent uh, Rodecker. Now, this movie follows the multiverse theory that there is an infinite amount of universes, and in those infinite amount of universes, an infinite amount of you. Mm-hmm. Like just various versions of you, made very popular by um, the um, uh, Loki series, but more by Rick and Morty. That's really where the multi multiverse theory really picked up. The string theory type thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but in this universe, in this movie, there's only 124 universes because I mean it's called the one and I'll tell you why <clears throat> so I guess uh, one particular universe discovered that there was multiple universes mirroring theirs right with slight variations here and there in technology and all that and so they, they they put it upon themselves to form an agency to monitor and keep everything in balance mm-hmm. because sometimes there's like uncontrollable wormholes that uh, open up between universes. So they had, they had to police everything. So they call it the multiverse authority. And one agent of the multiverse authority was a man named Gabriel Ulaw. Uh, one time during one of his missions, he was attacked by a version of himself and he was forced to kill that version of himself. And uh, there's a theory that if all of your other uni- uh, versions of yourself die, 
their energy or life force will go to you, making you a god. Right. When he killed that version, he felt that increase in strength, uh, speed, and uh, stamina and intelligence. So he figured that it was real. It was true, the theory. So then he decided to go about killing every single one of his other versions. <laughs> That's basically <laughs> the movie, is Jet Li killing other Jet Lees. Um, so when he gets captured early on, but he escapes right after, and when he ca- they capture him, they they go through his whole crimes, how many murders he's committed. So at the start of the movie, he has killed 123 variants of himself. Yeah, <laughs> they say 124 universes, right? Right. But they're not counting the Alpha universe. Then they count that as zero. Mm-hmm. Because then they're saying 124, 123, there's only one left is Gabe, uh, Gabe Law. That's 124. Mm-hmm. But Statham, uh, Jason Statham's character tells uh, the good Jet Li that there's 124 universes. That doesn't make any sense. It might have been a plot hole or maybe I didn't uh, watch it right. Right. But that would make 25. Because, you know, they still have to count the Alpha Universe. Right. Which is what they call themselves with the MBA, uh, the Multiverse Authority. Mm-hmm. They call themselves the Alpha Universe. Look at dogs howling in the wind. Okay. So that's what I... I guess maybe I got wrong. You hear that? Okay, dogs going off on each other. <laughs> so who, who do you kill? They pretty much went down the whole line of all his deaths. 123 deaths. But they, you only see... Uh, you, they started at 117 when we get there. Right. So they, the one of his kills is uh, <laughs> Yu Fook Law from the uh, Monoceros universe. Yeah. It, it's fucking gently with some dreadlocks. One eighteen, Swen Law, uh, Tukana universe. He, I kid you not, he looks like an Asian Fred, like from Scooby Doo, like with the blonde hair and the blue shirt. He looks like Fred. I kid you not. One nineteen, uh, we have Nye Dai Law from the Cannabis universe. We have 120, Kai J-Law from the Serpents universe. He looked like a triad crime boss. Hmm. He looks kind of, he looks better as a bad guy than a good guy sometimes. Yeah. Uh, 121, Seth Law from the Pro, uh, Procyon universe. 122, uh, Fren Law from the Shaola universe. And 123, Lawless from the Anubis universe. That one you actually see him kill on screen at the beginning of the movie. So that's... Uh, that's he killed pretty much. That's the ones that they showed. I wish they show all of them, but that'd be a lot of that'd be a lot hundred and twenty. Yeah. yeah, but then that would bog down the the movie so much. Uh, so <clears throat> there's only two left. By the time when he kills Lawless, it's uh, Gabriel Yulaw, the bad guy. And you got Gabe Law, the good guy. Now, how powerful did they become? Like, how powerful was Yulaw toward the end of the movie? Let's see. So. Yulaw is able to pick up a 200-pound man effortlessly and hold him outstretched in his hands and use him to uh, block a bunch of bullets. Hello, everybody. Michael here. Uh, Unfortunately, the rest of this podcast has been a corrupted file and is no longer usable. Uh, So, unfortunately, it does not exist. Uh, Along with another full-length podcast that was corrupted as well, um, which turned out to be completely unusable. Um, we will still have our midweek definitions and we'll tack on Reddit insanity, which is normally a YouTube rumble only type video. Um, and to make it up to you guys, we will also have three full length podcasts next week. 
Um, we appreciate your understanding and we hope to see you guys next week.